The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire, learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things, victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, uh, you know, before we start this podcast, I wanted to put this in there and it's a great podcast by Jared. And, you know, yesterday was the premiere of his movie and uh, an amazing movie. And it was a special screening with friends and family. It was a blessing to be able to be invited there. And what was so cool about, you know, you're going to love this uh, podcast by Jared. He's just so much wisdom, such a good heart. What's so funny is he, he did a MasterCard commercial um, at, at, the, at the house a few years ago or a year ago. And uh, from that became a friendship. And it, what's so awesome, we were talking late at night last night, and I wanted to include this before you listen to this. We were saying how I think it was amazing, and we were driving in a car, how a thought or something you write on paper can turn into uh, something written on paper, into a thought, into a dream, into reality on the screen. And I think that's so important to everything that you are in your life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your business, whether it's a career, whether it's you becoming a professional athlete or a singer or a clothing brand or, um, or entrepreneurship, whatever you want, to, or having a large organization and, and impacting lives, you have to make sure that execution is the thing that you do. Too many people have a Ferrari in a garage, but it's never driven. And that's, you know, when you hear this podcast, what's crazy is we did this about two months ago, and then the premiere was actually um, last night, and now we're releasing his podcast. You'll see the, the mentality that he has, the, the foresight, and you start to appreciate things of the direction and how the movie's filmed, where the things are, the, the corners, and all these things, and you study, you become a sponge. And I've learned so much from Jared. His energy is amazing. He is such a good dude. Him and his wife are just genuine, genuine people. Uh, check out him out, guys, for, for future things. He's got some big projects. I mean, it's crazy to think he went from commercials and doing brand advertising for big brands to his first movie, and it's got five awards already uh, with this movie. So he's going to be somebody that you are going to know without a doubt. So enjoy. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Such a blessing to have him on the show. Seven Rock Life Nation, rock out. Hey, guys. Welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast. I am your host, Steve Mazurko, and I'm here with my awesome friend. So excited to have him here, Jared Bellucci. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Is that Italiano? That's enough Italian right there. Bellucci, oh, right? forget about it. Listen, a name like that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's so excited to have you here, Jared. I've been Thanks. looking forward to... Uh, to having you here, just a little background on Jared before he introduces himself. He's a freelance creator, uh, creative in pr the production world. He's a, he's a director, an editor, producer, creator, and two-time Emmy Award winner. He started from the music world to the commercial world to the brand content world to TV, and now uh, is getting into the film world. He even has a movie that's out and a few of them that are being created as well. So it's my honor and privilege uh, to have an amazing podcast with you, Mr. Jared. Wow. That is quite the uh, uh, introduction. Was that good? I, I appreciate it. This is going to yeah. be a fun podcast, by good. the way. This I, won't I, be serious. I'm... It'll be serious, fun, crying, laughing, and learning. 
I'm not here to be bored. Yeah. Doesn't he have an awesome voice? I do. Don't very, I? It's, it's very I do. sexy. It's like, wow. You know what? You, you, we buy into that whole thing. Like, I hate the way my voice sounds. It's that, <laughs> it's that answering machine fear. Yeah. You know that voice? Yes, yeah. But having my headphones on and hearing my voice, I think I'm ready to do voiceovers now. Can you do the GPS voice? Please turn right in one point. Steve, Two miles. I'm going to ask you to move on to the next conversation. No. <laughs> so, so give me a little yeah. background, Jared. You know how we, um, you know how we connected, yeah. and and how you're here, and then background on yourself. 100. Everything you said was correct. Uh, for the past 20 years, I've been directing commercials. I started my career in music videos, uh, television, branded content before we knew what it was called, um, and then now uh, television and and film, as Steve mentioned. So you are correct uh, to sum it up, and it's been an interesting journey. Um, and it's an interesting journey that led me literally to your doorstep. Yep. Right. Yeah. Seven Rock Life Studios. That's right. So, um, quick little, uh, I can just tell the audience at home a funny little story how we met. Yeah. And I think they'll appreciate this. Uh, I literally was looking, uh, producing a commercial for a, a big brand that we know, household brand, MasterCard. And I needed a home that looked like it was shot in Europe somewhere. And I am one of these guys who just, Look on my phone at night before I go to sleep. I, you know, probably rot my brain <laughs> a, few, a few extra cells before yeah. I go to bed with the light. And, and I look at real estate and I found this house that I loved. And as soon as I got the job to do this, I said, I know exactly the house. So I said, I'm going to go find it. Like a crazy person, I'm going to drive to this person's house and I'm going to knock on their door and I'm going to get it done. And that's exactly what I did. And when I knocked on your door, <laughs> I mean, here we are now, what, a year later, a year and a half later, and yeah. we're friends. So good things, uh, good things, happen, good, good things do happen when, when people knock on doors, right? Yeah, and I, it was cool seeing just how that film was, was uh, shot and just the background behind it and getting to meet you and your energy and your team there. And I, I was just like, I'm going to be friends with this guy. This guy's cool. That's it. And uh, we've we really built a great relationship, and I, and I value that. Ditto, likewise. I, I 100% believe that. It, w- it was uh, destiny we met, my friend. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little about yourself, Jared, just growing up, where you grew up, how you know your childhood was, and then walking yourself through your teens and then into hmm. your 20s. Sure. So, you know, I feel like at a young age, I was very lucky. My parents encouraged my creativity. They encouraged whatever it was that I was interested in, my curiosities. And I, I guess, showed a aptitude for drawing and being creative. So my parents always just you know, they were my parents. They were great parents. They, they told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. And this was at a young age. And I knew that telling stories and playing with my toys and, and, and that type of, uh, you know, childhood experience, I knew that I got to do this forever. Like, I don't want to grow up in that sense. Yeah. Right. And as I got older, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, I said, oh, I could have a career <laughs> uh, you know, instead of toys now, toys are my actors and my, and my imagination are sets. And I'm just doing the one thing I know I've, I've been good at since I'm five. Mm-hmm. So it's, I feel very lucky. Uh, I don't use the word blessed lightly because <laughs> we can get into other topics later, you know, about, yeah. about religion and all that fun stuff. But uh, getting back to this story, uh, I just was encouraged from a young age to pursue what I felt was natural and that was telling stories. Mm. I mean... So you always had that as a, as a young kid. You just enjoyed stories. I think so. And I, and I think that everybody who has some sort of gift, some sort of innate instinct for something like that's the career you should pursue yep right yeah and i think it's it becomes uh, i always say it's like it's non-gmo 
it's natural, it's organic, and you feel you go to work. You don't go to work every day. You enjoy it. No. And I saw that that day when you came here. You're just your energy level is like you weren't dreading it. No. You're like, let's go, guys. Get the scene. Let's do this. And I'm it's actually fun. in the commercial in the little corner on the that this studio. What was that? The deck over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool getting behind those scenes. So. So kind of walk us through your teens, um, how it was, and then going into your 20s. Well, let's see. So this is interesting. Uh, Like I said, it stemmed from a good upbringing. I had parents who were very supportive. But in my teen years, that translates into, uh, I was always, not not athletic where I played sports, because I really didn't grow up with a dad who watched sports, so I never watched sports, so I didn't care. But I enjoyed uh, working out and and fitness, and I, I took it to... You know, the extreme, I, I entered into a bodybuilding competition when Did I was really? 15. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it was really funny because uh, this was a good moment in my high school career, right? Where we used to have morning announcements and they'd say, you know, today's a, a day and, you know, gym, whatever, whatever the rules were for A and B days. And at the end of the announcement, the, uh, the announcer, who was a great uh, teacher, he, um, he says, and we want to congratulate Jarrett Bellucci for placing second in a teen bodybuilding competition. And I'm sitting there in homeroom and everyone in the class, like a movie, just slowly turns and looks at me and I'm like, yeah, that happened. You know? <laughs> and when I went out in the hallway, uh, you know, like the seniors and the juniors and everyone was like, yo, dude, could you show me how to work out my bicep? You know, just like dumb stuff in high school. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden it was like, wow, something that I accomplished and achieved on my own put me on a pedestal. Mm. It was right? like your first win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I thought for a long time that I was going to graduate uh, high school and go into a physical fitness career. And I just said, you know what? It's not what's nat- that's not what comes natural to me. Because, you know, as we get older, maybe I wouldn't want to be working out as much. Who knows where my life is going to take me? Yeah. And I said, let me do what I do naturally. And that was be creative. So I started applying to art colleges um, in the city. School of Visual Arts, Parsons, and Pratt. Which, thankfully, I got into all of them, so I had my choice. And I chose School of Visual Arts, where I went for advertising. Yep. So, th- so that was the real professional start of me thinking creatively at college. Yeah. And it's interesting. I heard this uh, over the weekend. Do you know what a moat is? A what? A, a moat. Um, oh, yeah. I run a castle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I, I learned a term. So if you don't know this, you're listening to this. A moat is a deep, uh, broad ditch, either dry or filled with water that is dug around, uh, just surrounds a castle and uh, builds uh, safety around um, the, the place that it's at. And I think sometimes when you figure out your moat of life, like what is your what is your moat, right? And I know it's a really unique thing, and I never heard of it this before. You kind of found your moat young of just what what you were, what made you different, what stood you apart from everything, what protected you from losing your identity because it was like, hey, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I enjoy. Would you say that? I would say that. I think that's a good assessment. I think that you know this. It's. Being on this little island to myself in this moat area yeah. uh, gave me an opportunity to look at what's out there in the world mm-hmm. because I was very confident in who I was. And now I was literally saying to myself, what is it that I want to do with the rest of my life? Yep. And, and, you know, as much as we could plan, you know, we can't plan, you know, we try to plan life, right? But as much as I could plan, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue creativity. Mm. I wanted to birth artwork, whatever form that was going to be in. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I found my niche in college and that was advertising and thinking about how to, uh, it sounds shallow and people are like, Oh, what do you saw? But I enjoy selling products. I enjoy selling things because I feel like I can pull the essence of what makes these products, uh, desirable and show that to people. Yeah. And, and then as a storyteller and as a director, as I've evolved, I said, 
you know, from tel- from short form commercials, 60 seconds to television, which is half hour, hour, and then now feature films, you're talking about 75, 90 minutes. It's a, it's a much bigger story to tell. Yeah. And I felt like that's just where I evolved as a storyteller. Yeah. You felt good about it. I what- just... What do you think is when you look at storytelling, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously in business, the biggest companies I write about in my book is uh, storytelling is what people buy into stories. They don't buy into just a, a, a brand. They, they buy into the, the story behind the brand. Sure. Right? Kind of like Seven Rock Life. It's, yes. it's, a, it's a brand that has a story that inspires. That's really what's about. It's not mm-hmm. a person. It's a story. It's people. You know, and I think that's such a big thing. So what does storytelling mean, like, mean to you? What is, you know, when you look at storytelling... Um, how do you tell you, how do you tell stories through commercials, through movies, through different things? You know, this is going to sound like a cheesy answer, but the truth is I am just like a wandering artist moving through life with all the other things that happen to you, you know, uh, kids, responsibilities, mortgages, all that fun stuff. And I'm just surfing it. I should probably try surfing. I'd probably be good at it because I feel like like a surfer. I can see you surfing. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly dude. Thanks. And we'll hang loose, man. Um, no, but, uh, I, I feel like. So out of necessity, we have to pay bills. You know, mm-hmm. I said, well, where, 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 where do I go that encourages this behavior? <laughs> yeah. You know, and production companies and, you know, bands who, who want to, you know. But actually, one of the coolest things that, that happened to me was as, when I first started my career in music videos, I used to hang out with a lot of bands, right? And it was a real compliment when they'd say, like, I play visuals, right? Yep. Because I, couldn't, I can't play an instrument for my life. But what I interpreted was a different instrument. I, I saw their image. I felt I, that's what I've always been hooked on. So whether it's commercials, whether it's telling a story, whether it's real people, actors, whoever it is, I'm totally uh, digress. I digress from your question here, but um, no, but uh, this is a story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's, 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 story. This is what. So, so I guess what, what captures my attention when I when it comes to telling stories is whatever's real, and that's what's translating. You know, in social media, people want authenticity. Yep, they want this. A real person getting back to they want you know when it comes to a brand they want to know behind the scenes yeah people want to know okay this company's cool because of the owner mm. you know like what a cool thing he started you know his story he did or he or she it doesn't matter you know like people want like something genuine yep. and that's what people cling on to you know because i don't know we can get into what type of world we're living in these days but i think people are grasping for things that are real well, no, let's get into it yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this you know? uh, podcast is about being yeah. real and and real stuff so let's get in what do you see in this world how old do you know oh man i am 41 you don't he does not look 41 guys you can go, I'll, oh, what you're gonna say we'll i look 61 no <laughs> 72 actually yeah, no exactly. um but you'll see his uh website at the end we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll give his website and all that he's got a great um but what what do you see in this world what are the challenges because we've spoken about it when mm-hmm. we were out to lunch the other day I'm being real philosophical here. I think that we're living in a time that's uh, very negative, mm. you know, like society's negative, uh, politics are negative. There's the worst things that could possibly happen with, to people and the planet. You know, it's just a bad time to be human, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're, I, a little, you know, we're a little lost. Yeah, yeah, 100%, right? Like I think so. I think we've been on the rock too long. We don't know what to do. There's too many of us and we're just, you know, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what to do anymore, you know? That's why we're looking to blast off into the space, you know? Oh my God, it's so, so true. That's funny. Yeah. I think we just figured out now that like, I think the Martians landed on Earth to get off and now they're like, we got to go back. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. it's so crazy, right? <laughs> So anyway, uh, getting back to the question. Um, yeah. So I, with that being said, I think people grasp onto things that are real. It makes them feel good. It makes them connected. It makes them feel human. You know, when, they, when there's something they believe in or yeah. someone else is doing a passion that they agree with, that's what people want. 
Yep. And that's hap- that happens in sales. A lot of my career, I-, I used to interview real people, like testimonial-based commercials, and I would g- get the real stories out of them. And I-, and I would ask them, not as like a director who's working for an agency trying to like, let me get the questions out of you. I really wanted to know. So I've always felt like I have this like fresh outlook on life. Like a, my wife would kid and say like, I'm like a little dog. Like, you know, I leave, she comes back. <laughs> Here, you know, she's yeah. back, she's back. I didn't know you were coming back. Like, that's how I look at life a little bit because you can get down. There's a lot of things in this world that can get you down and you can wallow in that and you could, you know, yeah, do bad things to yourself. Yeah. Have but you it, ever had any, you know, being uh, open, have you ever had some hard times and just hit rock bottom? I, as a freelancer for 20 years, every day is a midlife crisis. Mm. Every day you have to reinvent yourself. Every day you have to question, what am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something right? What's working? What's not working? How do I move ahead? It's insane. If, but the opposite side to that is it's amazing. I've got to spend time with my family. I got to do the things that count. I got to yeah. be there for, for, you know, for things. And, um, and you're an amazing father. You know, I appreciate I know that. after this you're running to you know, I do. Pick up I got to get my and, son off the bus. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and but just you, the way you speak about them, I mean, how how's being a father and, and, and being married and, and balancing your life and all that, how has that been? So again, we got these freelance lifestyles and now we have to add our personal lives on top of it. So yeah. there's a lot of juggling going on. There's a lot. But I think you have to really get like zen with it and, and not think about it too much because it could be paralyzing. Yeah. All the stuff that's on our plates. Yeah. Right? And, and I, I talked about this. I wrote it the other day. Um, it'll be in, in the book and it says, uh, you ever hear about life dieting? You ever hear uh, the term or no? I, I get an idea what it's about. Probably. Yeah. So like <laughs> in life we diet, right? We mm-hmm. diet for food, we diet for health. But sometimes I realize in, when taking an audit in my life, I have to life diet people, things, things that become fillers in life, right? And when you, especially if you're going to be a freelancer or an entrepreneur or be successful mm-hmm. or have a successful relationship, be a father, you have to learn how to kind of trim the fat of certain things or certain people in your life doesn't mean they're bad people, but it's called life dieting, right? I, mm-hmm. And because these things or these people sometimes put unhealthy uh, health situations for you mentally, um, physically, whatever it is. I agree. And then when you cut them out, you feel better, you feel fresh. And have you had to do that through your freelancing career? Yeah, I mean, I think we've all heard the the phrase: you have to unfriend someone in real life, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's the truth. Because people could be draining. You yep. know, they, they're just mental vampires. You know, and they don't, they're not even aware of their own shit. Oh, am I supposed to curse on this show? That's okay. All right, we'll be fine. I'm feeling comfortable, Steve. Yeah, yeah I know. I like. I see. Um, I, like, I want you yeah. to be comfortable. Yeah, we're having a conversation yeah. with. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I think that you know. Uh, when did you ask me? <laughs> I don't remember. Why are you looking at me weird? I don't no. know. <laughs> so with life dieting right now. Oh, life dieting. Well, yes. Oh, me, go ahead. Here's a big thing. With being a creator, mm-hmm. you're you're basically looking at some because you could be an entrepreneur, you could be designer, whatever it is. You're creating something in your mind that somebody else doesn't see. So I'm sure mm-hmm. some people are like, you're crazy. Yeah. Or why are you doing that? How have you coped with that, especially being a freelancer? Because it starts in your mind first and then you, you can't get approval from them. You got to get approval from what you're going to create. And then once it's accomplished, then they're like, wow, that made sense. Mm. So I think, I think that stems back from when I was a kid. I really do. I think that, my, that what my parents instilled in me, that you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to say, I had Jared, you know, Jared has a, you know, he's got the eye. He's mm. got the eye, you know, the creative eye. But she knows the creative eye, she said the eye. So I used to find myself in the bathroom looking in the mirror at my forehead thinking like, where's the eye? Wow. Where, where's this third eye, right? But it's invisible, right? It's right there. Anyway. That's the only thing I knew. I believed in myself from the start. And mm. I think that's a really important factor because there are, the odds are against us to win. 
Yeah. Right. And we have to, Absolutely. we have to work our tails off to overcome negativity, whether it's people, whether it's situations and live a very, uh, clean life, you know, for this, mm-hmm. this declutter your life of, of crap. Yep. Right. Like I, I'll quote the famous, uh, we, we, well, you ain't got time for that. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Know? And we, I think we've made as humans, we've made life very complicated mm-hmm. and every day we make it more and more complicated. I mean, there's a lot of technology that's great things that have come about, but we've gotten so far away from just what we were designed to be. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's like trying to get a, a dog to be an elephant. He's good at being a dog. Why are you trying to be an elephant? Mm-hmm. Right. So talking about your gift, mm-hmm. when did you discover your gift? Was it in those early twenties? Uh, you know, I remember the day I had an emotional effect on a, an audience mm-hmm. and I was hooked. Uh, cause I always believed in myself. I believe. What was that project? I'm what, gonna tell you, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, I had an assignment in college to create a video with no, uh, dialogue. So it was a goofy little video I filmed and it was a sad video about a woman who's visiting her husband at a gravesite, and uh, he's there in spirit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I showed this to some friends and family. I was probably 20 and they cried and I said, wow, that's amazing. That's incredible that I just had an effect on another human being through my art. Like mm-hmm. I felt really, I felt really good. Yeah. And I was like, I can do this. I could do this often. <laughs> I want to do this often, <laughs> you know? So you, you felt that connection. You're 100%. Like, wow, I, I said, I know how to pull on people's heartstrings. And I'm not saying that to be, uh, I'm not trivializing people's emotions. I'm just saying like, I, I can look at someone like that is my, the closest I get to a psychic gift. And, but I, I use that psychic gift as a filmmaker, yep. trying to get real stories out of people. Yeah. You ever hear Cleo? This is Cleo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you, it's interesting is you, um, when I first met you, I, and I said this upstairs to you, you were just authentic. You were real, but you connect and you're, you're a great friend and, and really just, um, I feel like I've known you for years because it's just that heart. You lead with your heart. You don't lead with your mind. Right. I, I do. And you, where did you get that from? You think parents grown up, family, strangers? Yeah. I think it's environmental. I think it's Parental, I think it's, you know, everything. I think it's just us developing who we are as personalities. But I was very lucky, like I said, that parents that were supportive, even when my parents were divorced, uh, later on in life, they each got remarried and I had very supportive step-parents. I mean, I had a, I had a wonderful nest of family, right? And um, it's interesting because you talk about being a father and if we can get back to that for a yeah. second. My son was born six months after my father passed away. Mm. So that was a really interesting moment. So forget about all this freelance creative talk. Now as a human, yeah, you know, I'm like two worlds, 100%. Yet they're so intertwined because my career is not, my, my career is not a job. It's just who I am and mm. how I make money. Right. It's just, I combine the two. Right. Yep. So now throw that aside. I'm dealing with uh, actual family stuff and I have my son who's born six months after my father passed away. So I get emotional here talking to you, but it teaches you perspective. The day I won an Emmy, I brought it home and my son bit it and bent it. Mm. So it's like, you know what? Life is what you make of it. Happiness is a choice. Every, yeah. every cliche thing you could buy in, in a mall, I could say right now, right? All these great sayings, but they're all true. Yeah. Right? And I, maybe if you can, can you share like that story? Because we were like 
crying the other day oh, when yeah. we were talking. Yeah. I mean, I, think I told you like, not to tell people that, and now we're on live on tel- on the air uh, talking about it. We were crying in the car I together, don't care. folks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whatever, you know, we're, emo- we're cavities, That's it. That's you know, it. sensitive. But you know so, what? It's leading to a good story, which we can share later, right? Yeah. Cool. So, so the story you want to tell, what you want me to tell is the one about my father, right? Yeah, because that was really powerful. Cool. So this was an interesting thing. Talk about perspective, talk about life, talk about, you know, what does it all mean type of thing. Um, I, I'm sure there's plenty of listeners out there whose parents have passed away, but if you're in that room and you see that person, this is your parent, you've known them your whole life, you've seen pictures of them when they were younger, and now you're seeing the end. You're seeing the end of this journey mm-hmm. right in front of your eyes. It was like, it was so... Sad, it was also so beautiful, yeah, right, and and poetic because what happened next was poetic. My stepmother and my father got married later in life, but like my mother and my father, they all knew each other from the same town. And so, years later, years after my parents were divorced, my dad got remarried to this girl, and she was his first kiss Mm. in elementary school. Wow, so while he was there, moving on to the great beyond. She was kissing him, stroking his hair, saying, first kiss and the last kiss. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, where's a camera when you need one? <laughs> I hate it. Like, that's my problem. I, everything I see is beautiful life, and I want to capture that. I want to capture it. Yeah. And, and, if, and if I can get paid to capture that, to sell your product, great. Even cooler. <laughs> We're all happy, right? Yeah, because it's – I just was um, – Jesse Itzler, he did an interview with uh, Ed Millette. And uh, I was just talking to my friend um, Jordan, who was on a podcast as well, mm-hmm. and he's a big time trainer for Lifetime Fitness. And we were just saying because he listened to the same thing. He's like, "Dude, um, he's like, he, they talk about how in life you're you're gonna have about 150 experiences in your life, mm-hmm. and those experiences in life. So he makes sure that he has every like landmark experiences. Yeah, like six to eight weeks experiences, whether it's in your career, in your family, with friends. And these experiences is what builds your storyline. It's what builds your life resume. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't, we're not building our life resume. We're building our resumes for work, but we don't build our life resume. Mm-hmm. And then life goes on and you're just like, well, what did I do? Not just in my career, but my life for humanity, giving back, right? And when you look at you, Jared, what what is your life resume up until this point? Sure. Um, you know, again, I could... I don't want to sit here and, and people are always like, oh, you, you, you never speak fondly high of yourself because it's luck. This career is luck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's all luck, but uh, so, so what I feel like what I do is like, it's not a job. It's crazy, right? So getting back to your question, I feel like, um, hey, what did you ask me? Your life, re- <laughs> yeah, no, life, your, resume, your life yes. resume and experiences because that, that story with your dad, first yeah. kiss, last kiss, yeah. right? That, you know, the first and last kiss is like that timeline in between your tombstone. It's like what you did, the dash. Oh, yeah. You asked me what I feel I would have contributed to society at this point, right? Yeah, this point. Well, I hope that the, uh, on on a superficial level, I hope that the the commercials and the videos that I did for companies and businesses, everyone was happy. Mm. I I haven't had a bad review, and and I knock on wood – because I like what I do, and there's worse things in life to be doing than making commercials. And I like to remind yeah. people of that when we're on set. Yeah. And what are what are some you've done a, a bunch? What are some just? Maybe, oh, wait, can I say one? Yeah. yeah. Answer your question. Um, one of the things I'm doing recently, which has been an interesting uh, I, I, it, hobby, is a too light of a word. So I have a friend of mine who runs an academy. Yes. And he teaches DJ. Okay. And he brought me in because there was also a video aspect to the school. 
But the school is really unique because it has special needs kids. Yep. As well as typical students who come to learn DJing and whatever. You could be 20, you could be 50, it doesn't matter. But he has this large population of special needs kids. And when I go there and I teach them, a lot of these kids, they're not going to edit. They're not going to do what, what, what we do is self-discovery through creativity and music and video. And if it's exactly what we're talking about here. Like here we have a, a bunch of kids who, who are going. Obviously, they're going to have a tough time in life. They have disabilities according to society, right? And why not teach them something like cool, like DJing? I don't DJ, but the other teachers, mentors do. We call ourselves mentors there, right? Because yep. that's what we're doing. Yeah. And for me, what I get to do is I get to interview these these mm. kids. And if one of them wants to be an aspiring hip hop artist, I interview them and I treat them like I do a celebrity. Yep. Right? Like there's no difference. You like, were telling me this and I was like, this is awesome. But you're so fulfilled there. You yeah, love that. Yeah. Because I'm doing what I love and I'm helping other people. So I hope... I can continue here. It's a great experience. It's called Caffeine Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to be supporting them in the yeah, future as well. I know. We appreciate Project that. Impact great. Charities and Summer Rock Life. So, mm-hmm. And you're making our- a big difference because it's just a great bunch of people. It really yeah, is. I'm excited to be able to experience that and, and, and see that. Could you tell the story about the girl? Uh, I don't know if you remember the story of one of the girls there and how you connected in the hug. Oh, one of my first weeks working there. Uh, a, a student that I was uh, introduced to, it took her two years uh, to hug someone. And she hugged me after the three hours. Wow. And I was like, holy moly, right? What a great feeling. What a great feeling that I, I broke through, got through to this student, got through to whatever it was that they were having in their head. You know, it's like art therapy. I mean, that's really what we're doing there. You know? Yeah. Obviously, the learning skills too, but it's about discovering who you are and then apply the skills you learn towards a career. Yeah, and and that love, that connection is what you know she yeah. feels. And uh, it's interesting. I watched a documentary. You should definitely watch Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I did. And uh, how I never realized that that was his platform to be able to teach life lessons to kids. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful. I, I never realized because I grew up with it. So you don't really. You're just watching these little puppets and different things. And whatever was going on in the world, he would put onto that show that next week. Sure. And teach a lesson to the kids if it was war racism. or if there was racism, he would explain and he was indirectly teaching the youth of how to to think properly, how to not judge, not how to have racism and all these things and what war was really about and all these things. Just be cool, as Samuel L. Jackson would say. Yeah, Just yeah. be cool, right? Yeah. Why do we gotta hurt each other? You yeah, know? so it's you know, it's and you see that and I know with we'll talk about it at the end, some of your new projects yeah, that you're great. about to launch, which I'm so excited about for you. Because I, I see I see his energy changing and uh which is really cool. Who has been some of your biggest I mean well, a couple of things is kind of moving forward is that um Brands you've done, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some cool stories or brands or people you've met. Well, a cool story is definitely MasterCard when I met you, my friend. That's, yeah. a, that's an interesting story. Um, who are some people I've met? Uh, one time I did a, uh, a job with Donna Karen, the fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the time I was wearing Donna Car- uh, DKNY glasses. I always had some sort of funky pair of glasses. And I went up to her and I said, uh, hey, what do you think of these? <laughs> and she goes, who makes those? And I said, You. you. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> Gave me a nice hug and we took a nice photo and then we shot our job. Uh, but it was fun. Um, but you've done some major brands, uh, you know, commercials and different companies. Yeah. I've done, uh, Jesus. Um, my most recent one, I was just telling you about uh, the Dish Network. That mm-hmm. was a commercial we did for them. Um, before that was MasterCard. Um, I've 
there's a fun brand I like working with called uh, Aftershocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes great headphones that you you know you wear. Yep. When you're uh, active. Yep. Uh, got to go to Colorado and California and shoot in the nice mountains. Um, yeah, I mean, there's it's. It- this is one of the perks of this job. Yeah, and, you're, what, and, you, have, <laughs> and you have a movie that's uh, that just um, you know it's out and it's winning awards real quick. Yeah, how'd that movie that right. title come about? Because it's right. it's this is a good lesson for y'all to not to yeah. see. This this is an interesting story, folks. So listen up. The name of the movie is called Sandpaper, and it's about a woman who hires a guy to build an extension, a deck on her house, and then she can't get rid of him. <laughs> And the reason she can't get rid of him is because due to circumstances of him being there for over a month, he has squatter's rights. And squatter's rights basically completely screws over the homeowner, right? And you can't get him out. Uh, the law is not on your side anymore. That's so it's crazy. Insane. It's an insane law. I mean, it really, it's antiquated law. It needs to be updated, yeah. right? And I had somebody here and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, you, you got to get that. out of here. Let him stay an hour to fix the toilet and let him leave, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, no, but uh, so so this happened to my sister. And she hired a guy to build a deck on her house and the guy wouldn't leave. And ultimately, the reason he did not leave, besides being a squatter, is you've heard of these internet scams where people give all their money to these fake embassies looking for money or someone, some cousin in Nigeria owns you, you know? Yeah. And these people get scammed out of thousands or millions of dollars. And that's on top of... <laughs> this situation yeah, it happens this happened to the guy in the film so this story was based on a true story i said this is incredible i said when i heard this i said this has to be a movie and, and as a as a filmmaker as, as a your cre- sister right yeah. Said, yeah yeah and as a filmmaker i said you know what if i'm going to make an independent film i'm not going to make gone with the wind <laughs> right I'm not, i don't have the budget to do that right yeah so i gotta make something that's more realistic and two actors in one house that's realistic and that's what the uh, what happened. And it was an interesting story because I never wanted to be a feature film director. Mm. You know, I said, I want to be a music video director. I want to be a commercial director. And then eventually I just said, I flexed my creative muscles and I said, yeah, I think I think this medium, this length is the timeline for me. Yep. Right? And whatever story that is, I want to entertain. Yeah. And, and what I, what's so interesting, whether it's your industry or my industry, um, I think a lot of times we have goals, but we don't make promises. Mm-hmm. Because like if I ask you, hey, we're going to record this podcast, and this could go for any of you guys listening to this right now, is that, hey, my goal is to be there at 1230 to be able to record uh, you know, mm-hmm. the podcast. My goal is there. But then if I say, I, I promise to be there at 1230, which one sounds better? The promise, right? Yeah. And I think when you make these promises and when you kind of uh, take that action of life, because as a, as a director, a lot of people have these thoughts, right? Whether it's in directing or in life, but they never go execute. What has been your biggest thing of executing like that idea with what happened to your sister and then boom, putting it on film. I believe in myself. Mm. I was taught to believe in myself. Yeah. I know it sounds cliche and cheesy, but sitting here in this podcast makes me realize just how important uh, y- your environment is. Yeah. You know? And do you believe operating on deadlines is an important thing? Because a lot of people listen to this are entrepreneurs. They're building brands. They're in the movie world, production world. How I mean, deadlines you have to have. Look, Structure is important. Yeah. Right? It's important for kids. It's important for adults. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't just be surfing life completely. Yeah, it can as, be haphazardly. As, as much as I love to surf, you know, I, I try to surf the things that are uncontrollable, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the things I have control over, I try to, uh, you know, put on my big boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have those so, on right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, what, I mean, what other successful, who has been some people that you've uh, been inspired by? I know we were talking right. about Teddy Roosevelt. 
Mm. And you have an amazing story actually about what you've learned about him. Now I do. Plus I have my Teddy Roosevelt socks on today. Yeah, you just, let me see those again. I'm going to have to show you. Hold on a second, guys. Sorry, guys. This is, very, this, this is um, very important. There he is. Teddy smiling, his big teeth. Oh, he does. That's amazing. Glasses. So yeah. talk about, because he's been an influencer, right? And yeah. I just learned about him because here in Long Island, he yeah. has his, one of his homes. Mm -hmm. Sagamore Hill. Sagamore Hill, yep. Exactly. So explain to Sun Rock Life Nation. Yeah, sure. So Roosevelt. I think it's important, you know, as I mentioned, I had parents who influenced me and they said positive stuff. But if you didn't have that in your life, <laughs> uh. you know, there should be other factors that you could, you know, draw on. But like some people I found who should inspire you, who should, you know, you ascertain to be half the greatness of these people. Um, people who really changed the world. Yep. Right? Yes, yeah. Shoot for the stars, right? That's what he said. And keep your, shoot for the stars and keep your feet planted on the ground. Mm. Something like that. Don't quote me, Teddy. Sorry. Um, don't hold me to it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, just an interesting person. Uh, just he was from a very affluent family. So he did have uh, a cushion to not have to worry about working, which clearly in this day and age is a pipe dream, right? Mm. So he did have that. But regardless of his background, he had this insatiable appetite for life. Everything. Yep. Everything he did, he did 150 billion percent. And that's why he was so loved by all the people, the American people and people abroad, because he identified anyone whom he met with, he could find common ground and identify with them because we all can do that, <laughs> right? I mean, like it's possible and, and, and he did it. And he, obviously he was also a super smart guy. He was, he, by the time he was 17, he wrote, he was an authority on birds in the Adirondack. Yeah. He wrote a, a book, uh, the, the Navy Battles of 1812 or something like that. Anyway, this is in college. This is before he even graduated college. And he would do amazing physical feats too. He would climb mountains. He would, he climbed the Matterhorn with no practice. Wow. I mean, because he, and he literally wrote to his mother in his diary, like mother, you know, I had a strenuous day and it was like climbing a ladder up, you know, for nine hours. Like, you oh know, like gosh. he just downplayed it. He so, right? But he was so young and had so much That's wisdom. what I'm saying. Yeah. So much zest. And you know what? Uh, part of the uh, the things I've read about him which is kind of funny. They say if he was probably born today, they would have medicated him, and he never would have achieved yes. any of this these goals. We spoke about this, right? Yes. Yeah. How a lot of times I always every podcast I think it comes up prescribing versus you know mm -hmm. preventing, and he was such a visionary. But most people would be like, "You're something's wrong with you." Well, today. Yeah, yeah today. today. Back then, they're just like, oh, crazy Teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Full energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's so true. You know. Wow. But uh, yeah, no, today. Different world. And you look at what he's done. I mean, he's preserved so much land in America. Mm -hmm. um, he was, uh, what are the things you were telling me some other stories? I forgot. You you know more about Sagamore you know, Hill and just- Oh man, you're making me, you put me on the spot. You're making me feel like I'm supposed to be some sort of authority. I read one book, man. One book. <laughs> I know, but he was, he was a big influence though. What, he was. What he was, was one thing that you uh, took away from him? Uh, his ability to just go after it mm. and nonstop and locomotive yourself right through to it, right? 100%. Because what do you have to lose? Yeah, and- I said this to somebody, I was on a coaching call just before, and I was saying to somebody how, you know, you won't be late for your bills, but you'll be late for your goals or promises in life. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you, when you kind of have a, a promise uh, card where it's like, hey, I promise my family, I promise, uh, you know, God, I promise the universe, I promise whoever, right? But we're late for those things. And I think that is such a big thing because I see you right now, you're in a starting lineup. And a lot of times in life, we are on the bench, but see in baseball, when you're on the bench, you don't have control to be in the starting lineup. The coach has control, but in life, you, you're the coach and you're the player and mm. you can choose to put yourself in the lineup starting today. 
I like that. And that's one thing that I've realized is that when, you know, when you're in the lineup and when you're out the bat, you have to realize that sometimes you're not always going to get as many pitches as you want, but you got to be ready for that pitch to come in mm-hmm. and you got to know what you're good at. And Teddy Williams, um, he, uh, what was great about him, why he was such a great hitter. A lot of people don't know this before all these stats came out in the MLB. Now it's very stat driven where they'll put into your back of your pocket. They'll have exactly where people hit the ball. And they'll know how many times they hit it in this spot in the outfield or this spot in the infield. It's a crazy game. It's mm-hmm. a different game than what I, how I grew up. And Teddy Williams, he would actually know his average in a certain spot in the strike zone. And that's when he would swing. And he would know, and I don't swing here because my average is 210. Hmm. But over here, it's 380. Over here, it's 400. And they have this box. I forgot the name of the book. So I think you need to know what your sweet He, he mastered himself. Yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. He yeah. knew what he was good at. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're, we're swinging the wrong areas and not swinging the sweet spots. Mm-hmm. But in order for you to swing, you have to be in the starting lineup in your life. Yeah. How have you, because you're definitely in the starting lineup and you're oh. swinging and doing great things, winning awards and, and, and all the new things coming. How have you stayed in the, the starting lineup on, and maybe times that you were on the bench? How'd you get back on? You know, anyone listening would know. And as I said, being a freelancer is this constant doubt, this constant, where's my next paycheck? Where's my next job? Where's my next whatever, yeah. right? And you just have to be willing to go get it. And I feel like since I was young and, and all the life moments that one of these 150 moments that created who I am, as you say, right? Yeah. Um, reinforced that I had such a belief in myself that I was going to make it, whatever mm. that meant. And not only was I going to make it, I was going to enjoy the ride too. And I wasn't. I was going to have hindsight now, even right? through your dark times. Yeah, like yeah. look, I, I, I'll say this about kids: like kids could be nightmares most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get that one moment; it redeems the whole day, right? So, but you have to look at it like my kids. Sometimes they drive me crazy. I'm on the phone, whatever it is, and I just say, "This is their job to be crazy." Mm. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're kids, right? Yep. So there's different moments in life that mold who we are yep. and, and then allow us to adapt, adapt with it. Because look, at the end of the day, Steve, I like to think I'm going to live to 100. We could be dead tomorrow, not to be so morbid, you know? No, but sure. like, I just want to do what makes me happy, Yeah. not hurt anyone, find, find out who it is that I am. Like I've done all these music videos, these commercials, all this stuff. And in my opinion, I feel like it's all practice. So yep. practice, right? Even this film I just did, it's so true. You know, like like I'm proud of it. It's practice. I hope, and my next one will be better, and that one after that, better, better, better. We I should just, do that. We I, should. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, because it's well, it's it's so true. It's true. Yeah, and it's um sometimes those seeds that you plant right now are not the seeds that you're going to produce harvest for your family, and then eventually a seed comes up out of nowhere, and then boom, it's like the Chinese bamboo tree. Yeah, and you know, you just gotta. Find yourself, reinvent yourself, figure out mm-hmm. what is working. Yep. Stick with that. Yeah. Refine it. And and life's life is uh regenerating every day. You know, like spring is coming here in New uh-huh. York and everything was kinda like it's dead but it's not. But then it regenerates, it it recreates, right? And that's sometimes in your life. I know for me, you have to kind of rediscover, recreate yourself, but know that, hey, the roots are there, but eventually you can regenerate into what you really were meant to be. Yeah, And when you do, you're like, whoa, look at that tree. Look at that person. Look at that human being. Look how nice he is. You know, I think one thing that I just heard recently is, I don't know, he's a multi-billionaire in, uh, I think, China or Japan 
forgot his name, but he, he literally, he taught somebody that was with over the weekend. Uh, we were at his farm, 400 acres, 50, uh, 40, um, horses, you know, amazing guy. Uh, he's an investor and author as well. Um, name's Phil town. And, um, and he works with Anthony Robbins and we were just talking. He said in life, when I was with that gentleman, um, they had to bring gifts to each other. He said, but I practice gratitude every day, a thousand times a day. Phil was like, what? He's like a thousand times a day. I just say things I'm grateful for, grateful mm-hmm. for the heat here. I'm grateful for these lights. I'm grateful for, for you being in my life as a friend. Just you're grateful that your car's working. Right. And uh, the other day we had a walk, uh, when my brother and I were coming back from the airport, we were walking so far and I'm like, my brother's like, oh man, so far. I was like, yeah, so far. And then I'm like, wait, no. I'm like, I'm grateful that we have a plane that landed us. Legs and to we're walk. Here. Yeah, exactly. And I think that sometimes, you know, that gratitude is a huge thing. And, and do you think you've always had gratitude? Yes. Because I see it in you. you you're just a, a very appreciative person. I mean, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, like I, it's very easy to, you know, not stop and smell the roses, but you should. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what got me out of my darker times when I had a lot of self-doubt or self-worth. What age were you? <laughs> Every age. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah, seriously. You know? It was on the way here, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. I had, I had to pull over. I was having a moment, right? Mm-hmm. No. Um, no, it, it, you can get, you can lose sight of things. You can get lost in that depression or whatever. And you just have to know, look, if you can put, you know, like this, you know, I, I, I have a healthy mind, right? Hopefully. <laughs> I yeah. was able to talk myself out of, uh, feeling so depressed and going so far down the rabbit hole that, that I couldn't come back. Yeah. Right. And that happens all the time, especially in today's day and age. Right. Yeah. And, and, and a creative person, everything. You're just like, you gotta, you gotta pull yourself out of it. You gotta not allow bad. It's just as easy to think about happy things as it is bad things. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. And it goes back to the starting line of my life. As long, yeah. as long as you're on the team. Yeah. But then if you kick yourself off the team, then it's like, well, you got to get back on the team and try out. Yeah. And like, then, yeah. You know, Steve, when I started this career, if someone would have said to me, do you want to win an Oscar? I'd say, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I do that? Right. Mm-hmm. And they said, all right, you can win it, but it's going to be at 80. You still want it? Right. Yep. And I'd say, yeah. Why the hell not? You still get it. You still got it. You still, you achieved what you told yourself you would achieve. And what's interesting about life is like, yeah, along that path towards the Oscar, look how many other things happen in your life, your family, all the other relationships with your friends, yep. whatever. So you have to, yeah, keep your eye on the prize. Yep. But enjoy everything that happens between because there's so much more of that yeah. than there is the Oscar at, at 80. 100% being in a moment. Yeah. And and I I always talk about that as I, I wasn't living in a moment. Even yesterday I was at the airport. My, my brother's an amazing guy. I'm sure he's listening to this. And um, he needed lotion because he's like, Oh man, my, my hands are all like brittle and, and whatever. So I was like, well, he's like, I'm going to go back to the Delta lounge or find lotion somewhere. I was like, well, why don't you just ask one of the ladies? He was like, just make a friend. And he's like, no, I'll go. I was like, I'll do it. I talked to his lady. She's like, oh yeah, I got lotion. We're in Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, he comes over and she's like, yeah, I get it. he's like, oh really? Okay. And he puts it on. It's Victoria's Secret nice. uh, lotion. And he's like, the funniest thing, I'm dying laughing. And I start recording it. Right. And he's like, Oh my God, this lotion's amazing. Like, wow. Like, what is this? And she's like, it's Victoria's. She's like, I got to get this. And I'm dying laughing. But it was the stupidest thing. But I was just like, you got to laugh. Yeah. And and when you laugh every day, no matter what's going on, you feel so much better. And you made a story in the yeah. memory. And it made a story in the memory from, I don't know, I'll never forget, mm-hmm. sent to my friend. So I think um, 
do you think that's a big thing in today's world? Like, what do you think the world needs more of if there's two, three things? Mm. Actually, no, I can't even ask you that question. I'm going to ask you that question in a second. So forget about that because, uh, yeah, so stop okay. right there. Right. You'll see why I'm saying it. Right. Podcast Nation knows. What are three big life lessons and wrapping up? Uh, we'll do two more things. Um, three biggest life lessons, would you say, that you can teach people that are on here that you've learned in Jared's life? Baluchi. You can do it. Whatever you set your mind to, you can do. Yeah. And I've learned that. I've achieved things I've set out for. Yep. And, and yeah, there's one. Because you, you put them <laughs> on paper, you've, you've envisioned I, I just, them. I burnt them into my brain, into mm. my subconscious, and I said, this is a goal. Say, say it again. You, you burnt them into your brain. Yeah. Since the day that I started, I made that choice to follow a creative path and be a director. I said, I wanted to be a director. I knew I wanted to be a director. When I was young, I didn't know what to call it. When I graduated high school, I said, I want to be a director. When I graduated college, I was like, I am going to be a director. And it took me a long time to say that because people would be like, what the hell is that? What does that do? And then if I wasn't making money, I was like, how do I It's so my... different. And now I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm a director. I could direct any story out of you, my yeah. friend. <laughs> but you need, in order to be directing yeah. others, you need to direct yourself. Of course. Of course. And that's what you started doing. 100%. How could you be a leader if you don't have a lead or you never had experience as a follower? Right? Yep, amen. So that's the first thing. Second thing is what for the world? Oh, man, for the world. For people, yeah. You what mean, are, getting back to another life lesson or just three, something? Three, yeah, three biggest life lessons. Oh, man. So just go do it. Appreciate everyone in your life while you still have them. Yep. Right? I might be quoting someone on that one. It sounded too good, but no. that is a, a good because guess what? They're not always here. Yep. Right? 100%. Have good relationships with them. Don't mess it up. Yeah. Right? Yep. And what's I mean, the third? I, oh man. Just be cool. <laughs> you are very the, you are no, very cool. No, just be cool. Like chill with people. Like like just like I honestly don't care what anyone does with their lives. Good for you. Don't hurt anyone while you're doing it. Yeah. You know, like be the best you you can be. We're all here on this journey together. Go have fun. Don't don't hurt anybody. Yeah. And I won't care about you and I don't care what you believe in. Just don't hurt anybody. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point is like however you, you know, you create your career, your your money, as long as it's morally yeah. good. <laughs> um, but it's just uh it's like, hey, good for you, man. If that's what makes you happy, it's like good for hey, you died you here. Uh you have a, you have this earring, this this like no, good for you, man. You're still a person. You know, you're still you're still alive, you're still here and, and I think that's those are that's really good stuff right there. I like that. Trying my best. Yeah. So, and, and wrapping, this is great, man. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure with all the different life lessons and everybody listening to this. You know, none of these lessons are coming to mind right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I have, a, I'm gonna, as soon as we, we stop this podcast, I'm going to go, I have like 20 things I could have told you. Yeah. Well, we'll have That's you right. on after you oh, win all yeah. these different yes. things that are going to yes. come up, man. Cause, Appreciate that. Because guys, this project that he's working on, he'll, well, he'll well, give you a little can touch. I, can I say one more quick thing about this film? We are, well, no, we're sure. going to go through that. Yeah. So oh, sure. that's the next thing. Okay. There's two more things we're done. Future projects, things you're working on. Don't give too much because I know right, it's right. G14 classified, but tell the audience. So uh, as a creative person, I discovered through trial and error and doing all the different formats, 60 second, 30 commercials, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I really enjoy working in feature film length projects, right? That's, that's the medium I want. Mm -hmm. That's the length I need to tell the stories I want to tell now. Yeah. So I'm, there's two ways I want to go about this. One is, do I make a movie? Uh, Sandpaper is a psychological thriller. It's definitely on the edgier side. It's... Less a, not really a rom-com, right? Um, so I think that my sensibilities are definitely, if I go that direction, I could easily transfer uh, my, to, to a transition to a, a horror film or something darker or something creepy. Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of like slash him up Jason type movies, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm a big fan of like deep psychological horror and 
<laughs> getting into the bad psyche of uh, the brain, right? Um, or the other side to me, <laughs> my sensibilities is I want to tell a story that's bigger and poignant and has life lessons and something that, you know, uh, means something, you know, maybe why don't I take all this work that I've been doing and experience talking with people and, and pulling real stories out of, out of anything. Yeah. Why not do something that I think is real? Why don't I make the film that I think, listen, if this is one movie, I could, if I could only make one more movie the rest of my life. Mm. This is the movie. This is the movie. Wow. It's got to be this movie. And what would you describe? I know don't give. I know you can't give too much, but what would you describe this movie like when audiences leave? Yeah. The theater. What would it be like? I think when the credits roll, you should be not questioning, but thinking about your life, your own life, and thinking, "Wow, can I do better? Am I living up to my potential? Am I not seeing things the way I should be seeing them?" Is there a bigger picture that just opened, you know, that my eyes were just open to? That's the type of feeling I want to leave, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mind a couple, you know, tears here and there, but, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be greedy, you know? Yeah. But uh, just leave there going, wow, that was a, you know. That was so it's cool. going to be a, like a life lesson movie. Life lesson, but kind of wrapped up in a cool story. I don't want it yeah. to be too. Uh, no, but know. I know because I've seen your con- content. It's creative. It's going to be fun. It's going to be trying. some really good people um, and, and, and stuff. And uh, I'm really excited for that. Because I, I know that's your next project, and um, you're but, gonna. But, but a good horror movie is pretty fun to make. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I get scared. Yeah. I can't go to bed normally for like seven days after I watch one. Well, so and especially I'm in the woods here, so it's like I gotta <laughs> gotta be a little careful with that. I'm gonna knock on your window with a Jason mask. <laughs> Hell <are> you. <laughs> so last thing, um, yeah. thank you for coming. By the way, My you know pleasure. we really appreciate it, and uh, we're so grateful. And just you know, a lot of the good nuggets that you have, and you speak amazing. You did radio? Did you do radio hosting at all ever? Or no, Steve? People say you should be in front of the camera, and I say I can only be myself. Yeah. You know, like I can't pretend to be somebody else. Can't do it. <laughs> I am you know? me. That's I it. mean, I guess I'm, I'm I'm comfortable enough in myself to portray someone else, but I like being me. Yeah, know? and I agree. So this is the last question. The mm-hmm. reason why I didn't want to ask this question before, it's because it's kind of wraps up. So this is how we end every podcast on Seven Rock Life mm-hmm. Nation. Ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Uh, I don't, uh, okay. I'm you have ready. no choice. So if you had a billboard okay. for the whole world to see, mm-hmm. what would your message be to the whole world? So if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, what would your message be to the world? Mr. Jared Bulici. Hmm. Interesting. Everything is connected. That's it. And why? And why? Because I think that without sounding like a fan of the Matrix, (laughs) I think that this wonderful creation called life is full of so many miracles that are so obviously connected that we should open our eyes and, and live a great life. Mm, I love it. Thank you. That That's so right on point, without a doubt. And I'm glad I connected with you, seriously. Thanks, man. And I look forward to the relationship you know that we build and, and all the great things you're going to do for the world because I know you're going to do something. You have an amazing heart. You're an amazing dad, amazing husband, and amazing asset to society, you know, without a doubt. I'm trying to be, Steve. You're trying. You're doing, I'm my trying friend. to you're be. Give me a pound, man. Give me a pound. All right. So, where can people find you? They can check out my website. Yep. It's J, letter J, Bellucci, B E L L U C C I dot com. And you can check out some of my commercials. There might be a trailer. Great website, by the way. Love it. Listen. I actually wanted to make my website to look like like my mother's refrigerator, you know, with all my accomplishments on it. Because like, who really cares? Like, like, do I? T- I take my work serious, 
not me, you know? Yeah. But uh, right now it's just, it's, you'll see a lot of logos of the brands I've worked with. You just click on it and watch and yeah. have fun and, you know? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for tuning in to 7 Rock Life Podcast. Uh, leave a review uh, if this has impacted you. We appreciate you all. Enjoy the rest of your day and have fun. Be victorious in your life. Contribute and enjoy the journey. God bless you guys. Enjoy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Many people have been asking what 7 Rock Life is about. It first came from a book I wrote, which you can find on 7rocklife.com or Amazon called The 7 Rocks of Life. This book was designed to help those out there hurting or lost in life that just need direction and maybe have no one to turn to. And through my hardest time of life when I hit rock bottom at 31 years old, learning and discovering these seven rocks of life saved my life and helped me get out of my lowest point. I tell the story of how the brand came about and go through each rock of life in detail throughout the book. Through that time, I decided to start journaling on my phone, things I was learning and discovering about life and, and even myself. During this hard time of life, people I was blessed to be around, you know, they saw me and changed a lot and said, you should write a book to share the seven rock life mentality. So I did and decided to share it with the world. Now with Seven Rock Life Clothing, that came because of a story of when I went to Dominican Republic to play baseball at 16 years old. You can visit that at stevenzirkel.com slash charity to see the whole story. What's really great about this clothing brand is every month we donate Seven Rock Life clothes and items to many different causes and charities based on how many items are bought for the month. So every item that somebody buys, another item is donated. The first of every month we share on our Instagram page, which is at 7 Rock Life, where we donate and how many items as well. I wish I could take full credit for this brand, but I give all the credit to God. You know, He helped me create it, and i just just renting it out while I'm here. We believe if life has given us so much, we should give back to it. Another mission we have is to build schools and playgrounds around the world. I believe learning and having fun every day is the key to life uh, and staying young. So visit 7rocklife.com to shop and help with giving back to the world. We are a brand that lives to inspire, living that VCF life every day. Always remember, smile in life and dream big, dream often. Have a blessed week.